Craft Beer Radio, episode 147 on October 28, 2009. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, only one monster away from a frivolous lawsuit. I'm Greg Weiss. And I'm Jeff Bear. This week we are in the great state of North Carolina. Well, we're not actually in there. We're still in the great state. Well, I was there a few hours ago. The Commonwealth but. of Pennsylvania. Jeff was in North Carolina today, and he brought back some beers. Not all of them from today, but close enough. Let's have a go. All right. So we have three breweries from North Carolina. We have French Broad, Big Boss, and Highland. Two of them are on the French Broad. Now, when I first heard this, I thought, you know, oh, I know that's French Broad. It, it's actually sort of, a river. It's actually so, a river. Yeah. French Broad. So um, let's. We have two Kolsch's, so let's do those. Let's start off with the um, Angry Angel from Big Boss Brewing. Big Boss Brewing in Raleigh, North Carolina. Angry Angel Kolsch-style ale. We've gotten into the 140th past episode of our show. It's time that we start repeating some things. A Kolsch-style is a lagered ale, meaning that it's cold-fermented and cold-conditioned. Yeah, it's a, a German-style of beer. It's um, an ale, like you said, so it uses the species of yeast that works at ale temperatures. It's right. top it's fermenting. top fermenting. This one is said is cold fermented. Oh, cold fermented? They All say. Right. And uh, I know that they're definitely cold conditioned. And generally what that does is it brings, takes away some of the free character from the yeast and gives it a little bit of more crisp character. Right. While still retaining uh, some of the more floral ale characteristics. This one pours a nice gold straw. It's a little bit of cloudiness to it, but generally clear. White, uh, lacy head. I don't think it's really that's Well, maybe a little bit cloudy. Just a bit. So definitely big upfront biscuity. Very uh, biscuity, like buttermilk biscuity flavor right? mm-hmm. or aroma. Right? Yeah, the malt's pretty big on this. It's trying to put where the what's in the malt, because I, I wouldn't necessarily call it biscuity. So. Hmm. I just think of, of, of slightly burnt Pillsbury buttermilk biscuits coming out of a toaster oven. Mixed with a little bit of Glade air freshener. It's hard to say. There's a little bit of sweetness in the aroma, like a little touch of honey in there, in the aroma. I really like the aroma, but I'm having a hard time putting words behind it. It's it's a little fruity. Even though we said colches typically aren't fruity, it's a little fruity. It's malty. Touch of honey. They're not overtly fruity. They have fruitiness to them Mm -hmm. because they're still ales. A pretty light body. Mm-hmm. In terms of flavor, uh, there uh, a good amount of bitterness with the malt coming in the back and sort of uh, in, in the front as well. The middle tends is pretty light. Yeah, it tastes like the bottom of those burned Pillsbury biscuits. Okay. To me, the the maltiness is less in the flavor than it was in the aroma. It's nice and dry. Wouldn't really say hoppiness, but there's a there's a bit of bitterness in there that kind of just levels out the beer, makes it nice straight through. Mm-hmm. The, the hops are sort of, I would say, in definitely in the floral range. They're not really citrusy. They're more kind of like the petals of edible flowers or something along mm-hmm. those lines, an orange blossom kind sure. of flavor. Yeah, that's good. That's a good call. Big Boss Brewing, Zinrolde, like you said, they have a... I'm pretty sure their flagship beer, because I've seen it everywhere down there, is Bad Penny, which is a brown ale. And then they also have their pumpkin ale out right now. Pumpkin ale. Yet another one of those. It's one of those beers. I was telling a guy down there this week that 
the idea of a pumpkin ale is almost always better than the beer itself. Right. And then you get things like strawberry shortcake ale, where it doesn't really sound like a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) Yet it works. Yep. But anyway, in North Carolina, you had a little beer adventure. Why don't you tell us about it? Yeah, last night, um, as luck would have it, I didn't know about this till like Monday afternoon. There was a beer dinner at Tyler's, and it was a Terrapin and Left Hand uh, team up, a joint dinner. They do a collaboration. They do a collaboration beer every year. This is the second year for it. The first year they did a beer that was like a Rye Schwartz beer. And As you said, collaboration is the new IBU. Yep. And then this year is uh, Depth Charge, which is a mix between like uh, coffee stout from Terrapin and the milk stout from Left Hand. So it's this espresso milk stout thing. Espresso lactose. Yeah, it's pretty good. So the, they had the beer pairing dinner and uh, some pretty good stuff. Um, some of the more notable pairings, there was a pumpkin beer. It was the uh, Terrapin... Pumpkin Fest beer. So it was a Merits in October Fest style. T- Terpins in Georgia. So we're not going to be drinking any of their beers tonight. But um, dumb, 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 dumb. Their, their Pumpkin Fest is a Mer- German October Fest with pumpkin spices. So it's a little bit different on your average take for a pumpkin beer. And the chef paired it with, uh, um, oh, how do you say it? Uh, Dessert? No, no, no. It was, a, it, was a, it was a savory, hearty soup. Beef stoop, soup. Oh, almost uh, like a chili, a German soup that's kind of like a chili. It's a, a goulash, like it's a goulash zuppa or something like that. And typically, those have the kind of spices, allspice and stuff that's in. They flows out of the soup because the beer would bring it. And the savory pairing worked really well with the pumpkin soup, pumpkin beer. Interesting. The uh, there's two like you know meat dinner courses. First one was glazed pork belly, and I'm a huge fan of pork belly. All of a sudden. And uh, it was on cheesy grits. People love that stuff. Yep, cheesy grits and uh, wilted uh, mustard greens. That was paired with the left hand uh, blackjack porter. And I'll tell you what, I don't know what I, how I forgot about it, or how I was not impressed by the blackjack porter last time I had it because this beer was delicate and complex and and wonderful and went great with the uh, the main court with the meal. Food can do wonders to a beer, can't it? Well, I, I even the first sip I had before the food, I'm like, wow! I was not expecting this in the left hand porter, and, and it was all that. So, flight, your beer flight may have been. It could have been affecting it. Could have been. And then the course after that was uh, venison tenderloin with potato au gratin, and that was paired. A lot of cheese on this thing. <laughs> Noticing a oh, lot of cheese. The um, the terrapin smoked beer was paired with. I forget what it's called, but basically a bowl of mozzarella cheese. It's um, what do they call that? It's a bowl of mozzarella cheese. Pretty much, it, it has the crackers, and you kind of—it's almost like you know, really like fondue. Thick, no, it's all like solidified. It's like really thick cheese dip type. They had a name for it. I'll, I'll get you the menu after later on. But uh, yeah, lots of cheese, lots of cheese in this menu. But good stuff. Not a heart healthy dinner, but you know, Little beer dinners you rarely are. Yeah. Heart healthy affairs, um, and then we had the depth charge paired with this another bowl of just like this really thick cream, not quite pudding. I forget what it's called, and some fresh donuts. It was pretty good. And I won a left hand brewing hat. Yay! Congratulations! Yep. You could have gotten that anyway, though. So, what do you think about the uh, Kolsch? I like it. It's a pretty good drinker. Went down real quick. Went down real quick. So I really did enjoy it. Kolsch's are nice because they. 
Uh, really don't have a lot of alcohol. You know, the four point five percent. This one, I twenty IBUs. Yeah, we didn't have too much to say about it. it. I mean, from your average Kolsch, I would say it had more maltiness than your average Kolsch. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Well, let's compare it to another Kolsch. This was the Angry Angel Kolsch from Big Bros. What we have next is French Broads Gateway Kolsch. Yeah, well, so let's go to uh, Asheville, North Carolina. Or near Asheville. What city are they technically in? Asheville, North Carolina. So this Kolsch is slightly more higher in alcohol. 5.3%. 11.5 degrees Play-Doh is the original gravity. 3.9 in the SRM scale, according to them. I would say that yeah, that's pretty close because it's pretty, very yellowish straw color. And 32.3 IBUs actually have measured it to down to that, nice. to the 10th level. So this one has just a slight bit of cloudiness to it as well, so I'd call it a straw color. This one's a little more vivid, a little more neon yellow in it. I smell rubber. Yeah. Like Band-Aid. Or not Band-Aid. Well, Band-Aid or rubber, rubber band. Bands. Yeah, rubber, rubber bands. I've had such a backlog on the show. These been in the fridge the entire time. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to keep them in the best possible shape, but I have had this beer for a while. This was from the time that we drove down to North Carolina, went to Asheville. I got these, all of these beers, I believe. Yes, I believe all these beers I got at Bruise and Ales in Asheville, which is one of the country's best beer stores. And uh, hung out with Julie from Brews and Ales one night, and uh, she's a cool cat. Aren't Ales Brews? Hmm? Aren't Ales Brews? Ales Brews? Brews and Ales. Bruising. Oh, like okay. Boxing gloves, bruising. All right. Bruising Ales. So, it's not like squares and rectangles. Well, it's a phonetic thing. It's, it's, right? <laughs> it's a phonetic thing, right? So, you heard part of what they right. want to convey, but if you see it written down, it's bruising, B-R-U-I-S-I-N. Hmm. Still there's some hops in the aroma too I mean behind that yeah but there's a lot of that I mean especially when I let it sit and I took a big it was almost like a a dash of rubber cement almost it had a, the big plasticky and, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah it was very aroma. plasticky alright next one French right, so yeah we won't be able to compare Colch's because that one was unfortunately a bottle past its prime so the next beer from French Broad is their Alt beer another German style ale no no more rubbery no, it smells That's good. good. Looks like many an Oktoberfest that we've been drinking recently. Right. Has a very thin, cirrus cloud type head to it. Oh. It looks like just spread across the, the top of the saying. glass. Like we've been having in Pittsburgh <clears throat> for the last mm-hmm. ten days. We haven't had a clear night at all. Yeah. It's been very rough on the astronomy buffing you. So a slight orangeness to the to the aroma with them. Um, I'm getting like you know big, big multi malt. biscuit on this, but I'm, I'm detecting behind the malt uh, maybe some orangey aroma. Yeah, this is a big robust bread type biscuit. You know, like a, something with biscotti. Yeah, I mean it, it's a dark roasted. Bread, you know, brown with a lot of wheat in there. It's not bleached flour or anything. You know, it's just a big hearty. Maybe some extra grains mixed in. I'm getting a little bit of hops coming through the malt now. This is a SRM 9.1. SRM again is a color scale. Mm-hmm. OG original gold, 13.2 degrees Play-Doh, 26 IBUs, alcohol by volume 5.5 percent. 
This is the French brought alt beer. It doesn't have any kind of fancy name. It's just alt beer. And it's got a sort of Thor's hammer type logo. It does, with lightning in the background. It really tastes a, almost like a stripe of citrus going down my mouth. Yeah, I think this one's starting to go sour. I think that's what you're tasting. Mm. A little acidic. Yeah, a little. Damn it. Julie, send me some more French broad. <laughs> I think this might be interesting if it didn't have that kind of mm-hmm. strong sourness to it. But yeah, it's it's getting more and more difficult to continue to taste it, just because. Yeah, I mean it's gonna be hard to really judge. It's not it doesn't taste malty like an alt beer because that it's starting to attenuate and the um, it's getting acidic. Oh man, I suck. Should have done this show months ago, I guess. Or choose beers that are more. That aren't, you know, you, you have a tendency to do that. You, you keep beers for a while, and you say, "Well, we'll do it, we'll do it, we'll do it." And we finally get around doing it, and you're like, "Well, we did want to do this beer, but it's been a year old, but we'll do it anyway." Yeah, well, I've been trying to get this out. We just we got the Michigan beers before we got the North Carolina beers, and it just uh, we just we're backed up in the pipeline. We're getting unclogged though. So, next beer is the uh, Cattail uh, Peak. Now you talk about pipelines and clogging and unclogging. And well, it's, it's all, I, I'm sticking with the metaphor, man. I have a very juvenile mind. I'm just sticking with the metaphor. Which one is this again? This is a Cattail Peak Organic Wheat Beer from Highland Brewing Company. Cattails There's like... There's a topographic map on the label, so it must be a mountain near ah. Highland Brewing Company. Okay, so we have an organic wheat ale here. An invigorating wheat beer with 100% organic grains. Hint of rye, an Italian hue of organic hibiscus. That's what I'm smelling. All right, rye. Yeah, the rye kind of gives it a bit of zinginess that you wouldn't really expect in a wheat beer. This refresh, this brew is refreshing as the cool breeze that blows down from Mount Mitchell to Cattail Peak. So you can definitely detect the rye in the aroma. It was a little bit distracting yeah, the, once I, when I didn't know that it was rye. Once I heard yeah, rye. Yeah, it smells a little acidic again, right? Right. But not quite... Like the how the uh, French pot tasted, yeah. But it has it has a zing to it, that rye zing for sure, and it works in this beer. The beer's body is pretty light, and if it wasn't for the rye, it'd probably be kind of bland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're you're exactly right. It would be kind of more of a sparkly, mm-hmm. less bodied thing without much flavor. The rye gives it a whole little twist. Yeah, it gives uh, not it, actually not a little twist, a pretty big yeah, twist. It gives it some weight and gives it some body, some fullness to it, and makes it, uh, I don't know, I like, the, I like saying gives it some weight. It gives, you know, you feel it in your mouth, that rye, and it just makes the beer feel like it's more substantial. I don't know where rye fits on the five flavors. I think it's... It's hard. I've always had a hard time describing rye. Yeah. I think it's a bit of bitterness with um, sort of a melange of sweet and sour. Mm-hmm. And a hint of, you know, like a mint-type component. You know, you always get that cool-type sensation yeah. from rye as well. I would say there are probably many more than just five flavors. Or four, if you don't include umami. But, <laughs> especially now that we discovered through the internets that carbonation is da, 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 a flavor. Yes, it has a taste. And we're not fruit flies. No angry listener now what the 
it wasn't just the bursting of bubbles on your tongue that creates this because they tried it in a pressurized room Mm -hmm. where the carbonation wouldn't be released. Oh, okay. And this was still detectable. So it turns out that parts of your tongue can detect a a type of sourness. You've heard that carbonation is also known as carbonic acid, right? right? So apparently it has a pH change to it when you dissolve CO2 into the liquid. And it has that tinny, steely, bitter, sour type flavor to it. So we, when I made a comment about fruit flies earlier, it was because there was a beer we had which had such a smell of that tinniness to it. And I said, this smells like CO2. It smells of CO2, I think is what I meant to say. I'm not saying that I did say it, but what I meant to say is it smells of CO2. And what I meant was when I'm opening up a homebrew keg and you take the, ke- the hatch off and you smell what's in there, it burns your nostrils. It's steely and sour. And, and uh, got an email from a listener saying, you're an idiot. You can't smell CO2 unless you're a fruit fly. So in a sense, you didn't smell CO2. You smelled... CO2 interacting with the saliva and other mucuses in your nose and mouth and the reaction that caused you. Mm-hmm. So you saw an after chemical reaction, but that's what all nerve sensations are, right. ultimately. Mm-hmm. Right? Vindicated. Yes. <laughs> By science. Yes. Ding. <clears throat> I'm digging this beer. The carbonation. I like it a lot, too. The rye adds a really nice component to what, like you said, would otherwise be a bland beer, but a, a really well integrated component mm-hmm. carbonation does good at scrubbing the beer clean gives it some real liveliness to it yeah dig it craft beer radio approved <laughs> ding another ding i'm doing lots of dings today all right next we're going to go on to cashmere ipa india pale ale from highland brewing company again oh these guys are in Asheville as well we didn't say that last time they're Probably the biggest craft brewer in North Carolina, at least to my perception. Let's say that, and that got all the bases covered. To my perception, <laughs> they're the biggest brewer in North Carolina. You see their beers in more bars on more tap handles than than any other brewer, even ones that are closer. Like in Durham, lots of Highland beers, lots of Big Boss beers, but Big Boss is right there. So we're going a little hoppy, is what you're telling. It me. should go hoppy, yeah. Bit of a golden strawish color, very clean and crisp look to it in terms of how much light is getting through. It is not a, not very muddy, unlike the pre-show beer. And we have a minor head with a few big bubbles, but mostly tiny little ones, tiny bubbles. There it comes. At first, I'm like, it's really subtle. It's hiding in there. And then I give it another swirl and there's the hop aroma. Yeah, uh, it's it's a little fruity. I'm thinking like something along the lines of pear is what I'm smelling, actually, which is not something we use often for hop descriptions, but I'm smelling mostly pear with a touch of grapefruit or orange or something maybe if you combined orange with pear and then took the pear part out <laughs> oh okay thanks <laughs> is that trying to just make me feel good <laughs> pretty much i i detect mostly orange and slight citrusy aroma i don't really get much of the pear aroma that jeff's getting when i'm trying to place that with pear in my mind that's just mm-hmm. is, is not 
See, now I'm getting used exactly. to the hops, and I'm just smelling more malt. It smells like a good malty IPA. Good malt backbone to it. Well, let's so. taste it and find out. It's got a sweeter malt. It's more along the lines of um, a, a cookie dough type malt than biscuity, right? Mm-hmm. So sweeter, just more sugar, less melanoidins, less baked or uh, you know cooked flavor to it. Now I want to say that in the flavor, there's, there's first let's you know say what's obvious. I'm trying to get something more Bitter nuanced, but hmm? sorry, bitterness is coming through at the end too. Yeah, lots lots of lots of hops in there, lots of malt to back it up. It's a good balanced IPA, one of those multi ones. I like I like when I get that. Uh, the hops are an interesting combination because it's not your com it's not your common hop profile that you're tasting here. Right. It's. Uh, some fruitiness to it, but it's it's a lot darker and scarier, you know, than than sunny and rainbows. Maybe something along the lines of parsnip, right? There's a little bit of a of a taproot kind of flavor to it. Okay, parsnip or carrot, you know, this is sweetness combined with still a little bit of that earthiness component to I'm it. I'm getting so. a wonderful fruit flavors in here. The malt and the hops playing with each other. I'm thinking some kind of stone fruit, like uh, ripe peach. I'm also getting something that's prune-like, but I hesitated to say prune for the longest time because we only ever use prunes when we're talking about porters and stouts. But I'm getting this, think of a prune that's still really juicy and really soft, and you get that sweet... Ch- <laughs> <laughs> Not that soft and juicy. It's a, a dried plum. If it's, if it's still juicy, it's... Well, <laughs> Not juicy then, but where, where the insides are still quite mushy and not dried and hard and, you know, hard. I don't think I've had many prunes like that. I can't, like when you buy I can't a bag of prunes, there's, there's the softer ones and the harder ones. I can't say that I've had many prunes, to be totally honest with you. Okay. I mean, I've had them before, but I'm not one to go to a store and buy a bag or a box of prunes, however they are distributed these days. You're missing out. Prunes are good. <laughs> they may very well be. And they're good for di- dis- digestional health. That's th- there's no mistaking that digestional. I just made di- up a word. Digestional. I just made up a word. I'm digging this beer too. It's nice. I, I like the unconventional hop profile. Mm-hmm. Hops can be. I was I was looking at Beer Advocate today because I was putting out the post for our last show, and when I was getting the notes, I noticed that they were they had that forum stuff. And there was this uh, post there was there that, that someone said, help me, what's the hoppiest beer? And mm. the post is like, I just love hops. I want to get more and more and more hops in my beer. And I'm just thinking, man, I, mean, I guess I understand that if you're like really into, really new into beer, but that's just boring to me now. The traditional big hoppy beers, while... I like I like and enjoy them, and certainly I go, I go back to them as sort of a comfort type thing. Mm-hmm. It's kind of boring to me. Yeah, I mean, at our point, I mean, he's a guy who's never tasted the world's hoppiest beer, right? So he just wants to see what it is, right? Well, he said, he, I mean, he made very clear about how much he loves hops. He just can't get enough hops from what he was drinking. And he'll probably get tired of them someday. Yeah. Let him go. Let him have fun. I, I wasn't... Posting you're in just, there, I wasn't you're just, in there posting and saying, "Oh, you know what? You you suck." Blah, 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 blah. You're just jealous because you can't experience those sensations for the first time anymore. It's just to me that's, uh, I've, I, I mean, I, I've been 
along the Hophead Trail, but I never was that excited about mm-hmm. hops, right? right. But and while I wanted to taste, you know, what people consider one of the best beers, Hoppiest was not something that ever was like on my list. It wasn't like okay, I have to try the most bitter or most hoppy beer. Out there. there was times when we did Hopsicle on the show. Oh, I'm not saying and that we didn't try the hoppy the hoppy stuff, and we didn't try to get our hands on the hoppy stuff. But that was not an aim of me. Let's say it just to me the. And and this is why I like this beer, and this is why I'm bringing this up because this particular beer from Highland is has an interesting this cashmere IPA has an interesting hot profile that's different from the typical Cascady mm-hmm. uh, continental. Yeah, you're going to see more and more of that as people find new ways to use these, uh-huh. especially these new brands of hops. Last night before the beer dinner, I had the Brooklyn Sriracha Ace, so it's a it's a golden ale with this new hop. This hop is very lemongrassy, and it would go wonderful in, in a Belgian beer, probably. But this one, was, this beer was a very light beer. Pretty much made the showcase the hop. And it was named after the hop, right? So it makes sense. And it was a wonderful hop, but again, new profile. I mean, it tasted kind of like a wit beer, where, you know, it was just from the hops. So I'm kind of thinking that if you are on the scale where you're into really hoppy beers, you really like that stuff, then this might not appeal to you that much because it is different if you're looking for something a little bit different than your standard run-of-the-mill ipa your standard you know standard grapefruity big hop ipa this will probably appeal to you yeah i agree with you about that someone who's on the quest for all things uber hoppy this isn't the right show you know we'll have to have to go back to the double ipa show or have to do a new one i mean so let's move on to the next one which is not hoppy at all it's very very dark this is another beer from Highland. That's three in a row, but don't worry. We got another Big Boss beer coming in to finish out the show. This is the Black Mocha Stout from Highland. Black Mocha Stout. Yeah, you wouldn't expect it to be happy, but then again, Storm King is happy, so who knows. Not quite black, really, really dark tan with red highlights. Yep, uh, slightly tan head, nice and thick, creamy. Not quite nitro, thin and smooth, but getting there. Rogue Mocha Porter is a porter that has mocha in the name, but no coffee, right? This one's a black mocha stout. Until we smell it, we won't know if it's just a coffee-like stout or a coffee stout. I don't know if I smell any coffee in there. I definitely smell chocolate, but that could be chocolate oh. malt. Yeah, there's. it's really rich in the aroma. You got a lot of chocolate... But more so chocolate to licorice, but not the kind of dull licorice, right? Because when you say licorice and it has that really sharp, you know, profile to it. And this is just kind of like lop the top off that and you just have the bottom part of the flavor profile of that it's, if it's in there. Okay, sort of the, the, the more earthy characteristic, the mm-hmm. more minty characteristic, which is sort of the combination that yeah, exactly. licorice takes. That's a good smelling beer. Tastes pretty good too. Yeah, I don't think there's coffee in this beer. I no. don't taste it. No, I would, I would I say there's not. Definitely taste chocolate. Like I said, I can't tell whether that's chocolate malt or actual chocolate in there. Probably chocolate malt. Chocolate malt. Yeah, this is all from the malt. It's well done because it tastes. The more I'm tasting, because you, you can the way you can tell, I think, is that chocolate. 
Well, chocolate brings with it other flavorings. Vanilla is, mm-hmm. is one of the primary flavorings right. in chocolate. Whereas chocolate malt, the chocolate tastes that has a little bit of a of a, of a twang to it because all it's all coming from just roast. Yeah, so there's a little bit of astringency there. Yeah, and um, I like this over a lot of these really rich roasty beers because sometimes the chocolate will taste like dusty and powdery. This one has more of a creamy type. I know creamy is a texture, not a flavor. But the chocolate flavor you associate with... You there's know, a, like, there's uh, a flavor to cream. No. Otherwise, people wouldn't. Oh, sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, if it didn't have any flavor to it. Right. But this one tastes like... The chocolate t- usually tastes dry and powdery and chalky. And this one tastes like it's wet and creamy and and smooth. I wouldn't say it tastes, it tastes creamy. It doesn't taste of cream. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the mouthfeel is, is sort of thick and, and mm-hmm. kind of creamy with carbonation type right. mouthfeel. The taste of the chocolate definitely has a bit of that astringency that makes it much more, much more associated with the chocolate malt. So it's kind of like when you're scraping off a you know toast, you're scraping the black mm. stuff off toast. So that can taste somewhat chocolatey. That's exactly the same process that's going mm. on here with the malt. It's being burnt to the point where ne- I've some... never had burnt toast that's tasted chocolatey. But well, I've had burnt French toast that tasted oh, okay, okay. So it has a little bit of egg in there, so a little okay. bit of sugar to to bring out. More more sugar than your average bread. Mm-hmm. Although potato bread can have enough sugar in it to to bring out some of those too. Good balance to it. I mean, the bitterness really isn't an issue here because you get the roast and you get the astringency from the roast. It, it finishes relatively clean. You get a little bit of roast that hangs around on your mouth, but it's not overpowering. But there's a distinct lack of vanilla. Mm-hmm. It's it's nice. It's a nice drinker. Mm-hmm. It's what's the alcohol on this one? Unknown. The alcohol is question mark. It's a mystery. I'm gonna guess it it's in the five or six range. I don't think it's that high. Look at the price for these twelve ounce bottles of beer from wow. Bruise and Nails. Dollar seventy five. Equivalent bottle of beer here in Pennsylvania would be like four fifty. Yes. Oh, I used to think Pennsylvania oh this Start going out of state, and you realize how I mean, much think beer about how, costs. How much it was in Denver? Denver is a bigger city than Pittsburgh, right? Mm-hmm. No, I don't. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's really a bigger metropolitan area in terms mm-hmm. of population, and these bombers are four twenty-five from French Broad. Find a bomber at the local bottle shop here for bucks. less than seven bucks, less than eight bucks, and, and I'll give you a eight bucks. <laughs> you have to give over the bomber, though. Yeah. I like that. I think that one would pair well with um, dessert, for sure. It, it, it didn't have too much sweetness in it, right? So you could add sweetness. You know, like, I think creamy something. Uh, How about strawberries and cream? Yeah, exactly. But I like the idea because this is not a very sweet beer that you could throw something sweet at it and it would not be too sweet, the combination of the yeah. two. I also think anything that you might think... Well, anything you might think of drinking coffee with, mm-hmm. because it yeah, doesn't have yeah. coffee in it, but it has some of those same. I mean, I'm actually tasting coffee in the aftertaste, a bit of mm-hmm. uh, a sort of a reflection of what I expect from from coffee. Thus, the name, the Mocha Stout, right? right? Because that's what they've tasted too. It, it has that aftertaste, that astringency that's very similar to coffee. It, it really works. Uh, th- th- this Highland, they know their stuff. Another one of their, their 
flagship beer is their Gaelic Ale. It's a. Um, Have we had that before? We did do it before, yeah. All right, the grand finale, if you will. Going back to Raleigh, we're going to Big Boss. This is a limited release. This is the Aces and Eights. Eights is spelled A T E S, and we're not sure why. This is a coffee stout. There's the tiniest hint of tan in the highlights on this beer. Other than that, it's completely black. This is a uh, made with locally roasted fair trade coffee from Larry's Beans. So this one has coffee. So it's an auspicious number, 1776. Ooh. This particular one out of 5,000. So what do you think the A-T-E-S for eights means? I mean, phonetically, aces and eights make sense, but... Right, aces and eights being a... Uh, is that... Is aces and eights the dead man's hand? Because that's the one that uh, Billy the Kid had or something like that? Yeah. When he was killed? Yeah, you're right. Good good recall. <laughs> Here's an interesting thing they have. This has a wonderful aroma because it's not screaming like, oh, this is a coffee stout. I mean, it has coffee in it, but it... It's, it has, oh, I don't know how to describe it right off the top of my head other than, wow, it's good. Smell. Before I smell it, I like this on the bottle. It's a small thing in the corner where they say, Sinosilicophobia is the fear of an empty glass. Nice. Mm, wow, it's, I, chocolate, it didn't smell coffee. until I swirled it, and then, wow. Lots of chocolate, a good amount of coffee in there, lots of chocolate. But the coffee is not, coffee and beer is typically this astringent mess, you know, where the aroma is generally not that good in a coffee beer. It doesn't smell as good as a really fresh cup of really good coffee. Mm-hmm. This Which has, is hard to come by these days. This has an aroma with some of the delicate nuances that you get in coffee right after it comes out of the brew. There's a little bit of bourbon. There's a little bit of vanilla. I don't believe this beer is barrel aged. It doesn't indicate that on the bottle. Another beer from Big Boss Brewing is Hell's Bell, which is a uh, Belgian-style golden ale, which is pretty good, too. The ACDC song. Mm-hmm. 8% ABV. And it tastes it. And it's not like super alcohol, but I can definitely taste the alcohol there. Uh, it's got... Nice, big, up-front chocolate flavor that's really mm-hmm. settling in the back of my mouth. And in, in the middle, kind of a, a sweet milk and coffee mm-hmm. flavor. Yeah, I agree. Majority of the little roast at the front, coffee carrying you through toward the end. It's it's a milder coffee flavor than you'd expect from the, the aroma, yeah. all the chocolatey. I'm not getting too much chocolate. A little bit. But again, the flavor on the beer is not punching you in the face. It's restraining itself. It's it's giving you enough. It's not understated. It's giving you enough, but it's not nearly as big as the aromas kind of pre- says it's going yeah, to be. Yeah, Which is nice because you can sit here and smell it. You can take a sip and not get killed. You can smell it some more, take another sip and not get killed by it. It does have a very deep and, and impressive smell. Uh, it tastes like, like Jeff said, is more milky mm-hmm. than uh, than a smell would give you. The, the smell sort of indicates it's, it's almost like a chocolate syrup. Mm-hmm. It's certainly not that way. 
it, it, it like, hides the carbonation very well is what it's doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, 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 very, I hardly taste it or feel it. Yeah, but it doesn't taste flat either, right? right. You don't notice it, but it's there. It, it lifts Absolutely. some of the heavy flavors off your tongue as you drink it. It doesn't just kind of slide down your throat. Again, pair this with some cream and vanilla. It'd be interesting trying to pair this with like something savory, you know, like a maybe like a coffee crusted, you know, beef or you know some kind of say, great gamey meat. Right, right. Yeah, I would say you probably want something a little gamey, something for for the bitterness to really attack. Because there is a, a good deal of bitterness in here. I'm not going to say this will go well with live tail. Like, I, I don't think this will go well with fish. I, I'm tending to think it's not going to really go well. I mean, it's, it's barbecue kind of goes well with anything. Mm-hmm. But it's not going to go as well with barbecue as some other flavors. I think you need something of this flavor in the food in order to really bring them together. So last night at the, the beer dinner, the grand finale was the Terrapin and Left Hand Death Charge, which is a coffee stout. Much like this, but more coffee. And they paired it with that. I wish I could remember the names of all these things, but it was a soup bowl filled with this thick cream that you could scoop out with, like, the, with the donut. And that, you know, that coffee just goes great with that dish. Uh, so go to Tyler's and ask for the recipe for that thing, and then buy some Big Boss. <laughs> I want that thing. You know, it's like thick cream you take a spoonful of. Yeah. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. It's kind of like a flan. I mean, I, I don't even know how you would describe that. I don't like it. I do think the aroma is better than the flavor, but the flavor is not really a letdown. I don't want to. I don't want to say that it's not worth drinking, but it's one that you might as well smell before every sip because it just smells so good. Well, Jeff, do you know what time it is now? Um, time to rank some beers. No, it's time to scream as loud as you can. No, let's not do that. <laughs> Okay, then it's time to rank some beers. All right. I think that, unfortunately, the French broads have yep. to get left out of the party. They, I can't really judge them on their merits. Yeah, they both had flaws in them, that, or spoilage in them, that... We can't say is endemic of the brewery or not. I've had other French broads. And it's not so it's endemic. not endemic oh. of the brewery, so it's just endemic to the way they were stored. It, it could... It could be that you got to drink a French broad cheap. I mean, cheap. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a Freudian that, slip, that, isn't it? I would say <laughs> is a cardinal rule of French broads. No, you got to drink them uh, quick. You don't want to have a bomber sitting in your fridge in Pennsylvania for two or three months. You don't don't leave a French broad sitting around. Is is the is the moral of the story? Yes. I, I agree with that one hundred and seven percent. This is tough. Those Highland beers were all pretty good beers. Yep. All right. My number one beer of the night, and it's going to shock people because we did coffee stouts in here. It's the organic wheat, the Cattail Peak. Ah. That rye wheat beer. Never had anything like that. It was refreshing and crisp and yummy. Memorable, and I liked it. I'm putting him number one. Number two. The beer we just had, the Aces and Eights. It's a him, not a her? It's, it's a him. There's Scottish bagpipe guys on the front. It's definitely a him. All right. Uh, Aces and Eights, uh, the coffee stuff from Big Boss. Isn't it, isn't it La Cerveza? I don't know. I, guess, I have no idea what gender beer is in Spanish. Aces and Eights from Big Boss Brewing Company. Smelled heavenly. Tasted nearly as good. Liked it. 
the uh, Mocha Stout from Highland is third, slightly behind that. Very similar beers. One had coffee, one different didn't. But that was well done for a uh, stout with those kind of flavors. I liked it. Cashmere IPA, slightly behind that. Uh, interesting hop profile. Lots of malty backbone. Dug it. Angry Angel is the last one that we're actually ranking tonight. I still liked it a lot. Maltier than your average Kolsch. I'm not penalizing it at all for that. It has some stiff competition. and uh, But I liked it. And I would order it again. And next time I'm down in North Carolina during the summertime, I will get me more Angry Angel. Number one, Cashmere IPA. I really appreciate an IPA that was giving me something different. And in the same way that you appreciate a wheat beer giving you something different, I appreciate an IPA giving me something different. So, just uh, I'm putting that up there. I mean, again, I don't hate poppy beers. Too Hearted Remains one of my favorite beers, but it's also a comfort beer at this point. Mm-hmm. Something that gives you something interesting is what I want to do on the show, if nothing else. Right. I think I will go with the Black Mocha Stout next. Okay. I really did enjoy the way that came together, how it had the chocolate flavor without being actual chocolate. I just, I really enjoyed these Highlands a lot. Um, man. Cattail Peak. I think the all three Highlands just were, were on a uh, different level to be in the other ones. Cool. So that uh, that wheat with, you know... They managed to, to put that rye in there in a way that made an ordinary ale extraordinary. It did. Aces and eights. Very creamy, chocolatey mm-hmm. ale. Very good. Angry Angel, I enjoyed it. It just, you know, hard luck loser. Big Boss is the hard luck loser versus Highland tonight. But they were all very good beers. Yeah, they were. And I... Wish the French bras were good because I had the Kolsch when I was out in Nashville on draft. It was really good. Really good. So, no rubber bands. No rubber bands. So uh, don't don't sell her your French broad. I don't want to speculate that they don't have the best cleanliness pro- practices when they brew, but <laughs> just keep walking it. into that, don't I? Don't sell her your French broad. I don't want to suggest that they have the best cleanliness. I mean, come on. <laughs> it's like you're asking for it. <laughs> All right. So uh, thanks, everyone, for listening to our North Carolina show. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you again next week. Thank you for listening to Craft Beer Radio. If you have questions or comments, you can email us at beer at craftbeerradio.com. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. The opening and closing music is Last Hurrah, the band The Lights Out. You can listen to more of their music at their website, thelightsout.com. Some people get a longer fuse. Some people's shoulders are big enough for the abuse. But they never say what you can't hear.
uh, oh, French fries. <laughs> oh, Greg spilled water on his computer. I'm not gonna shut down. All right. <laughs>